What's going on, youth workers? Paul Turner here from the DiscipleProject.net and your host of the Youth Ministry Motion Podcast. So glad to be with you. Glad that you can be with me today. I don't know where you are or what you're doing, but I hope it's going well and I hope it's sunny and I hope uh, butterflies are everywhere and you're drinking a wonderful cup of coffee on a veranda overlooking a mountain. I don't know how true that is for any of you, but but I hope it's true for somebody. I wish it was true for me. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Just sitting overlooking the mountains, drinking a hot cup of coffee. But uh, that is not the case for me today. Today, it's me, you, and this microphone, and a great interview with Dr. David Odom on the three arenas of youth ministry. Now, before we get into the three arenas of youth ministry, this episode is brought to you by the Disciple Project Outreach Manual. It is a book that I have written that is part book, part manual that teaches you how to turn your youth meeting into a youth movement. It moves the concept of discipleship away from education to actual learning, where you're actually taking your students on a discipleship adventure. It takes you by the hand. It really does and teaches you the exact structure that goes into planning and shifting the way you teach and the way students experience discipleship, plus a lot more, including the real reason why making disciples is hard within the local church and how you can turn that around, how the typical youth group is failing students instead of raising them up in the way they should go, the five core values of a disciple that will revolutionize the way you do youth ministry, and how to prepare your students, volunteers, parents, and church leadership for the meeting to movement shift. This is how you get their support, all that kind of stuff that you learn within the manual. In addition, how to teach students discipleship by actively participating instead of just learning and what this looks like in your weekly services. So if you are ready to change your youth meeting into a youth movement, I'm gonna encourage you to check out the Disciple Project Outreach Manual. There'll be a link down in the description below. I don't believe you'll be sorry about it because I think it lays the groundwork for your youth ministry to take its next step in its evolution to make those who are in your youth ministry disciples who make disciples. Today, I have a wonderful interview with Dr. David Odom. Uh, He is going to be sharing about the three arenas and why you need to expand your portfolio, moving from just the one arena that you're in right now to the other two arenas, which are equally important to your youth ministry. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview with Dr. David Odom. Today, I have with me Dr. David Odom, Associate Professor of Student Ministry and Director of the Youth Ministry Institute at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. He has contributed chapters on youth ministry and discipleship in books such as Christian Education, A Guide to the Foundation of Ministry, and Together We Equip Integrating Discipleship and Ministry Leadership for Holistic Spiritual Formation. His most recent research has been on youth ministry arenas. Welcome, Dr. Odom. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me. Well, I am thrilled um, because, like I said, I uh, the, the whole reason this discussion is even to happen is because you posted a graphic on Twitter. And I got to be honest with you, I am a sucker for processes, <laughs> right? So right. when I see a good process, when I see something that has arrows, <laughs> when I see something that has has a flow to it, uh, I am excited by that kind of stuff because it right. tells me that some thought has been put into this and that this is actually going somewhere. And uh, and so I'm excited to really talk about the process tonight. But before we do that, I'd love to know a little bit. I'm sure our audience would love to know a little bit about 
your history with uh, youth ministry, youth pastoring, um, and and just give us the lowdown on what it was like uh, uh, being a youth pastor. Well, uh, yes. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, youth ministry uh, has been my life. Um, I've served local church uh, for over 25 years uh, before moving into uh, to teaching. Um, so I did local youth ministry, um, small churches and, and uh, medium-sized churches, uh, you know, various uh, roles, but mostly there uh, uh, in youth ministry. And so that's my heart. My heart passion is with students and, uh, and now uh, helping train the next generation of, of youth ministry leaders. And so um, that's just, uh, that's really what I've been all about. And um, my, my ministry life was uh, mostly in Texas, but then also uh, in Alabama as well. And, uh, and so a little, a little stint there in uh, uh, North Alabama, Huntsville area. Um, but uh, most recently, and for the last um, six years, I've been teaching here at uh, New Orleans Seminary. Well, that is fantastic. Huntsville is a great town. My son goes to school there. Uh, over there at uh, University of Alabama Huntsville, right. and uh, he's uh, uh, majoring in uh, uh, undecided, I believe. Okay. And, um, and uh, <laughs> no, he's somewhat decided. I think he chose political science, but that's to me the same as undecided. But neither wow. here nor there. He's gonna he's gonna minor in law, and we've talked about it. So I think we'll be okay. That's exciting. Um, I'm working. I'm working with them. We're working together. Break down for us these three arenas. Why? First of all, they have these three arenas, and why should youth pastors be paying attention to these things? Okay. All right. Okay. Well, here we go. So when I talk about um, the arenas of youth ministry, first thing I should say is that it's not my idea or my concept originally. Uh, my friend and mentor uh, Richard Ross, uh, professor of youth ministry at Southwestern Seminary. Um, uh, Richard wrote a book a couple of years ago called um, Youth Ministry That Lasts a Lifetime, and it's in this book where he outlines um, what he calls um, really youth ministry in thirds, okay, and that's the three arenas. And uh, the first arena is teenagers in the youth group, and that's what we traditionally think of when we think of youth ministry, right? It's ministry to youth, with youth, and, um, and it's really one of the reasons why a lot of us get involved in youth ministries because we, we love and care for our students. And so we want to spend time with them. And, and really time and resources is the key here. When we're talking about arenas, it's really um, what we spend our time and resources on. Okay, so that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about these three arenas. And traditional youth ministry, we spend all of our time or most of our time, most of our resources with teenagers and youth group, all right? That's why we're hired, why churches bring us on. We're to hang out with teenagers and plan the overall youth ministry at our churches. The problem is that research over the last 15, 20 years has made it clear that that traditional model, that traditional method of youth ministry and all of our time and resources with teenagers is not effective in building lifelong faith. You know, we can look all the way back to the National Study of Youth and Religion that gave us an early indication that, uh, that many students were leaving the church after high school and that, uh, that, parent, that teenagers, generally speaking, mirror the faith of their parents. So that meant if mom and dad were uh, active in their faith and church attendance and those kind of things, it was more likely as young adults that teenagers in our youth group would also be active in their faith, church attendance, those types of things. Um, other studies, uh, Sticky Faith Research had a Fuller Youth Institute out in California. 
um, another study, uh, Steve Parr did uh, Why They Stay. And, and these studies, again, um, talking and making the connection between uh, lifelong faith and, and parents and that relationship, but also the vital importance of, of the congregation and a teenager's connection to the congregation. And most recently, LifeWay's study um, that, that gave us a statistic on um, 66% of teenagers who were active in their youth groups leave the church after high school. And so when we hear those statistics and we hear all these things over the last several years, we have to take a, a step back and say, okay, what's happening, right? That same study with LifeWay showed and indicated, though, um, the vital role not only of parents, but of uh, a connection to the congregation, and that if students understand um, that that faith is, uh, that church attendance is vital to my faith, um, then they're more likely uh, to, to stay involved in church. And then also, uh, if they have relationships with someone, another adult, other church members, again, that contributes to them continuing on their faith. So that's really what uh, brought about um, this idea of examining these uh, other arenas. And so I've kind of talked through them, right? So the other arena, the second arena is uh, teenagers and families, all right? So that's you and I in youth ministry thinking that, okay, what can I, can I take part of my week, my work week, and spend some time and resources on connecting with moms and dads? Because if moms and dads, research shows is that, that parents are the number one influencer of their teenager's faith, both positive and negative. So again, if mom and dad are believers, if mom and dad are Christians and they're attending church, again, that's going to have a positive influence on that teenager. The same is true, of course, if mom and dad are not believers and they're not plugged in, then, then that right. influences that teenager away from uh, faith and belief. And so it makes sense that I would want to spend my time and resources trying to influence the influencer, right? Trying to build relationships and do all I can to love and care and support parents. Yeah. Some of the pushback I've had though on that is that, uh, not just me, but of course, when we talk about parent family ministry, youth ministers say, well, you know, that's someone else's job, right? That's, you know, another, uh, maybe it's the pastor's job or another staff member, depending on the size who's, of the church. Who's saying this? Who no, I mean, right. This? I mean, well, I think we all we get defensive and we say, well, okay, you know, that's kind of, those are adults. And so I'm, I'm the youth minister and that's an adult ministry role. But I think that youth leaders are uniquely positioned to exert influence in a positive way in the lives of parents, right? We're, we're loving and caring for their, their teenagers. And, right. and by extension, that relationship that we have with that student gives us an opportunity to, uh, uh, to, to really engage and connect with moms and dads. And, yeah. and so that's that, that second arena. The third arena is one that, too, I think all too often we in youth ministry don't consider, uh, and that's a connection to the congregation. And the reality is we do a great job typically in youth ministry of, of leading kids to fall in love with the youth group but they haven't necessarily fallen in love with our church, right? And as they graduate from high school and leave our youth ministries, many are walking away from faith because they've not developed that connection to the local congregation. And so again, what can I do during my normal week to think about, think processes and think, what am I doing to help bridge those connections intergenerationally with, with folks that are older and younger than our teenagers? 
And then what, uh, what am I doing to help connect them um, to my church in ways beyond my youth ministry? So that's, uh, that's in a nutshell. Those are the three arenas that, uh, that I've been studying. Well, and they're, and they're critically important to youth pastors. You're listening, you're watching. Uh, that some, some of you think that, that, the, that only one of these is your portfolio and okay. you need to expand your portfolio here. Right. Your, your arenas. And I, I just want to talk to those youth workers who are saying, it's not, it's not my job. It's your job. <laughs> I will tell you right now, you can't get out of it. It's your yeah. job. And I would say this too, and, and maybe you could help me, that there's a lot of uh, youth workers who are young, probably between the ages of 22 to 26, maybe, right? That maybe they have young children, uh, you know, babies, two, two years old, so forth, that don't quite feel the empowerment to speak to families. They, they feel like they yeah. are they're very nervous or they lack confidence or um, they just don't know how to engage. What would you say to, the, uh, because I really do think that's part of the reason why, and, and maybe speaking for myself, that I was unsure of how to approach family ministry when I myself did not have a family at the time uh, and being able to, you know, minister to, to parents in that way when I did not have the tools in my toolbox, so to speak. Well, I think I think it is a struggle, and um, I think that we want to acknowledge that that uh, um, unless we are a parent of teenagers, we we cannot necessarily uh, speak as an expert um, in parenting teenagers, right? Unless we've right. done that, kind of been there. But certainly, you and your experience in youth ministry, you come from a different sense of expertise and an expertise in in teenagers and youth culture and and uh, and your time and and training and uh, experience with youth um, give you uh, an opportunity to speak into um, the lives of parents in a unique way. And I'll tell you what I did, and this is what I would encourage anyone who has not yet been a parent of a teenager, is that that we need to, to leverage our volunteers in, in, a, in a strategic way. Um, and what I've done in, in my own ministry experience is look for um, moms and dads, look for parents in my church who are, are maybe now the parents of young adults or their children are in maybe in their 30s and, uh, and, and involved in, in church or ministry in some way. And so I'm going to look to that adult to say, hey, would you be willing to partner with me to meet with parents? And because of your experience, you've raised teenagers, your teenagers are a part of our, your young adults were a part of our youth ministry years ago. You know that that's what I'm looking for, and and I've brought um, uh, adults like this, parents in to um, to really be a liaison, be a connection, um, to say, you know, I want to help facilitate, but um, I'm not an expert in parenting, but I can help give you resources and and uh, and provide an opportunity. For instance, one of the things that that I've done in my own ministry is we we started a parent support group, okay? Parents of teenagers support group. Now, we're not saying that, you know, teenagers are some like some addiction that we've got to break or something like that. But no, the reality is that many of our parents of teenagers are struggling, right? They're yes. struggling with um, how to raise their teenager. They're struggling with things like curfews. They're arguing with their teenager every night about curfew. They're struggling with things like cell phone and, and internet and all these types of things. And parents are struggling. And if we provide an opportunity for 
parents of teenagers to get together, to talk and share and cry together and laugh together, pray together. I mean, that's a win, right? And so you as a youth leader, even if you're in your 20s, you can facilitate that. And you've brought in others to say, okay, we've got uh, folks here that are going to love and care and support uh, us in this. That's, that's one aspect of parent ministry that any and all of us could do. Well, and it's such a great point because the, the youth workers that are watching and listening to this, you know, uh, who are overwhelmed or, you know, once again, like you said, they don't have to, they don't have to exert any, you know, unction of themselves. They don't have to have a wealth of knowledge right. to gather people. They, right. Right, if they're facilitators, That's uh, right. and if they're just facilitating group dynamics or, or creating those, I've, I've, you know, you talk about parents of teenager support group, the acronym is POT. I, I get that. But, <laughs> there um, you go. <laughs> and I believe I read that in a youth specialties book somewhere. Somebody had written about that, about, having a having, That's so great. but uh but but besides that can you break down some examples and those are those are great examples but as we move into you know I, and you please feel free to share examples not only you know there are good practices and principles for you know for just the arena of youth so feel free to share in that as well as well as family uh and as well as the congregation but where are you seeing these good practices. Where what are, what examples can you give? Maybe that maybe you're seeing in 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 action uh, in some churches that maybe you've uh, you've have students in or that uh, you're you're familiar with yourself. Okay, that's a great question. So let me let me jump into some of the research that um, that I've conducted over the last year uh, year and a half. Um, we um, we were definitely interested in um, finding out what folks are doing in each of these arenas and and obviously what, what they're doing successfully. And so part of our research and developing um, a survey instrument was asking difficult questions about ministry in each of these three arenas. And what we found was, and you alluded to it, what we found was 54% or, or most youth leaders were scoring and the way we did our scoring was that was kind of an, uh, a high, medium and low or you know excelling in youth, in youth ministry in these three arenas or just kind of average uh, in youth ministry and then low or struggling. And most, 54%, uh, scored in that average range. And so um, that, that was in each arena that across the board, we're just kind of thinking, okay, we're doing okay. Not great, but not bad either. Just kind right. of average, kind of medium, middle of the road. And, sure. um, you know, obviously I think we can, we can understand that, that, uh, you know, we there's a level of that we can be uh, excited about and th- thankful that we're doing as well as we are, but also, also indication there's room for improvement. And yes. so what we did when we identified um, those that were scoring high in our assessment, in our initial survey, a pilot study basically that we conducted, um, we wanted to talk to those folks. And so there were a couple of things that came out of the uh, the interviews we did. We did follow-up phone interviews with Mm -hmm. youth ministers, youth pastors who scored high in all three arenas. And there were two things that kind of rose to the surface that were common across all three. And those were relationships and service. Okay. So let me talk about those two things. So it's about building relationships, obviously building relationships with students, right? So you as the youth leader are, are developing those relationships 
with teenagers to get to know them, but ultimately we're building those relationships so that we can be in a discipling role, right? To, to be able to uh, share God's word, uh, uh, talk to people about, talk to teenagers about becoming Christians, uh, helping them grow in their faith. We're developing the relationships, but it's also the relationships that we hope our volunteers are developing as well, right? right. That um, even if we've got a small youth group, we're hoping to and looking for other adults to come in and to uh, to be a part of our youth ministry. And uh, we want those adults to develop relationships with those students as well, because I really believe that true discipleship, you know, can't take place um, outside of relationship. And you have to have relationship with someone in order to truly disciple them. And so relationships are key. And we saw that not only in, in youth ministry or teenagers in the youth group, but the relationships with parents kept coming to the surface over and over and over again. And, and I mentioned things like the support group, but honestly, in our conversations with, um, with those that scored high in um, teenagers and families, it wasn't necessarily a specific um, approach or you know, a specific type of programming that they had developed. It was simply um, being intentional to develop relationships. And so, for instance, things like this on Sunday mornings, maybe there is time um, in my, you know, my Sunday morning schedule where, um, for instance, if I if the students are dismissed in small groups and, and I'm not leading a small group, maybe I've got a few minutes. And so instead of going back to my office or just kind of checking my phone, I could go up to the adult Sunday school department, right? I could visit with adults in the in the hallway, or 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 slide into an adult Sunday school class and just be there and be seen and be present. Certainly, interacting with parents uh, before and after church, uh, normal things that we always do in youth ministry, where we're going to ball games and practices and all these things, but not just to see the students, but to intentionally make sure that I visit with mom and dad. And yeah. so, it, just in these small ways, it, it's really about. Uh, an intentionality in our relationships with parents. And then the relationship side of teenagers in the congregation relates back to how I'm involving uh, people outside of the youth ministry with my students. Is there an opportunity for them to develop relationships with some, someone who is older, like a senior adult? Right. And so again, just being intentional in that. Well, and you bring up a great point about yeah. about slipping up about slipping into adult Sunday school classes. And I know, even as a young youth worker, right, all we wanted to do was hang out with teenagers, right? right. Uh, upon upon reflection, we just didn't want to hang out with the older people. That's and right. I think the mindset has to change in student leaders, in youth pastors, that first of all, the adult congregation is not your enemy. Okay. Right. They're, 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 they're not there to poo poo on your parade. They're, they're there if you welcome them, right? If you, mm. if you are in that Sunday school class, you know, go to, I used to love to go to the, um, I used to love to go to the seniors luncheons. I'd go to the yes. oldest adults. Yeah. I would go to them and I would drive their bus for them to go to their luncheons. And I would have all this time with them because really, youth pastors, you're an ambassador for your youth ministry, That's right? right. You're, you're an ambassador. And as adults treat, you know, as you get to know adults and adults get to know you, that's going to open up doors of opportunity for 
those that that relationship and that bonding to say, hey, Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so, would you be interested in, you know, uh, driving for an event or would you be willing to lead a youth Sunday school class or would you? That's right. And once again, they'll do it out of relationship, not out of something you put in the bulletin or or post it on social. It's simply something that you can ask after you've developed and put in that time. Would that be fair to say is that is that that's that methodology is something that more youth workers need to grab onto? Definitely, definitely. And it does. It takes, just as you said, you know, a willingness to, to reframe um, how we look at and view the rest of the congregation and certainly uh, older adults uh, to, to look at, um, at how we can develop those relationships that can influence our teenagers. Yeah. And, and I think, too, as we move on to the next question, it really, we talk about the end game being, um, you know, uh, fully mature followers and disciples of Jesus beyond yeah. the youth group, beyond all that. You know, uh, many times, you know, I've, I've told people, I said, look, sadly, um, you know, youth ministry is the most fun Christianity will ever be to that teenager for yeah. four years or six yeah. years. And, it, and fun is great, but if you could look six years into the future and see those kids leaving what would you change? What would you change about the, the what you've done, what you've programmed, how you felt about the adult congregation, how you minister to families? Would you change anything? And I think, you know, in doing this, you have, first of all, you have a great assessment tool uh, on your website. Can you give us the website? Yes. So it's uh, ymarenas.com. So YM for youth ministry and then arenas, ymarenas.com. That's our website that we've set up uh, for the assessment tool that's free uh, to, uh, to go and take and uh, uh, just take you a few minutes to, uh, to take the assessment. So basically it's an online survey. You would immediately see your score, um, but then you have an opportunity to download a, a PDF document that is tailored specifically to how you scored in each arena and then gives you feedback and suggestions for improvement. Well, that is exactly where I was going with this, because if discipleship is the end game, mature followers of Jesus, that the assessment that they can take on the website at ymarenas.com, that that's going to help them to, to the degree that uh, wherever they score on it, of showing what where they can improve at. Yeah. How would you say, how would you say, um, <laughs> there's, there's a, uh, they'll take an assessment, but how do you think youth workers um, respond to an, ass to an assessment, right? They're looking at something they just took. Right. And now they're being told that maybe, okay, I'm not doing great in this. How can a youth worker who's watching this and hopefully youth workers, youth pastors, you're going to go to ymarinas.com. You're going to take the assessment, take the assessment. If you are, I just did a whole episode on this on the show talking about examining, examining mm. that the, that the, you know, that the uh, the unexamined life is not worth living, and I would say the unexamined youth ministry is not worth running. Wow, you have to be able to examine this. Don't don't look at it and go, "Oh, it's just a thing." Talk about the importance of this, of why why the assessment, how it how it can actually guide you to to build better disciples and and program for the future. It says, "Look, we're, we're the end game." Isn't that the students had fun for four or six years, but they're actually going to grow up and and parents and the congregation as all part of that mix of that discipleship uh, journey that kids are taking. That that's right, and and I think that um, 
you know, we're all going to to maybe face something like an assessment differently, but certainly it's our heart, you know, as we designed the assessment was, uh, was really um, to encourage improvement, right? We, we want to all be doing exemplary, you know, excellent in all three arenas. That's really the, the goal. As you talked about the goal of, of expanding our view of, of youth ministry beyond just teenagers in the youth group and considering families, considering the congregation. Um, at the same time, I think that we can go into an assessment kind of maybe expecting, well, honestly, maybe I'm not going to do stellar in every area. And the assessment is going to maybe help me identify some areas that I can improve. Um, I think what I, what I try to caution folks against is for us to be maybe overly defensive, right? I think when we take a look at something and we say the score, well, there must be something wrong with the instrument, right? This can't be my score, right? I know I'm an excellent youth pastor and this can't be right. <laughs> but for me to consider and to step back and take a moment and say, okay, well, let me look at it a little more closely and see maybe why I scored the way I did. The, the report that you can download gives you a, shows you a specifically how you answered each question and the score that was given to each question. And, and then, you know, why you scored the way you did. And it's an opportunity for you to say, okay, well, I, I, maybe I see some truth to this. The other side is to recognize that it's a snapshot. It's a moment in time, right? It's not a reflection of, of maybe your youth ministry in the past or, or what you're going to be doing next week or next month or the years to come, but it's a snapshot moment for you to consider, okay, what are some, maybe some things that I could do in the coming weeks and months that could maybe make a difference in these other arenas to help build lifelong faith in teenagers. Well, right. And youth workers, youth pastors, if you take this assessment, I know people don't like to take them sometimes because they don't want to know how bad they're doing in a certain yeah. arena, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and they don't want to know. And I'm saying, look, you're not a failure. If, you don't, if you're not doing well right now, that doesn't right. mean you're not going to get better. Right. But you have to be willing to look in the mirror and put, put it up to the mirror and say, hey, Am I doing the, what I can do right now? And are there ways? And I love the fact that you're providing, you know, some people take an assessment and then you just get a score and that's it. You've, you've, you've got your 24% or whatever you have uh, in this area. But you're saying not only are you going to take the assessment, but we're going to walk alongside you. We're going to give you some, some steps going forward with youth, with family, and with the congregation. Right. And that's going to help them say, look, you can improve. If you can't, if youth pastors, if you're telling me you can't improve, you just might as well quit right now. You're just mm -hmm. done. You've reached, mm -hmm. you've reached the highest plane of existence, I guess, in youth ministry that you have, everything is perfect and well in your world. And God right. bless you for that. But by all that is good, please go take the assessment and at least say, look, am I willing to put my youth ministry and myself under a bit of an examination and say, look, yeah. Am I as good as I think I am? Or maybe I'm better than I think mm. I am, right? Mm. Maybe there's exactly. a, assessments do the other side as well. It tells you where you're doing really well. It's not just about how bad you are. It's saying, look, maybe you're doing a great job and you're you're doing fantastic. So don't fear uh, taking an assessment and, and any of those things. But uh, Dr. Odom, tell me, uh, first of all, where can they get more information? Like uh, I know they can go to the assessment but maybe there's, you know, you had mentioned uh, uh, Brother Ross's book. 
Right. Uh, what are some other places that people can go to learn more about the three arenas? Yes. And so we uh, on the uh, on the website at ymarinas.com, we also have a, a research summary. It's just a, a few pages of, of yep. summary of our research. Uh, that Very good. Myself and my research assistant, the both of us, the last uh, year and a half. So there's a summary that, uh, that you can look at. It's not too technical or anything. And, and it gives you a little bit of an overview of some of the things we've talked about tonight. So you can check that out. That's a free download um, of the uh, research uh, summary. But then certainly I encourage you to take a look at Dr. Ross's book, uh, Youth Ministry That Lasts a Lifetime. Uh, he does spend uh, a, a good amount of time breaking down and, and talking about um, uh, looking at these all these areas and, uh, and, and the value of spending our time and resources uh, with families and uh, with connections to the congregation. And links for all these, by the way, are going to be in the show notes. And I, I think right. also it's important, youth workers, that you download the research because it's quite possible your pastor doesn't know about this research. Hmm. It's quite possible that this becomes a tool for you to work with your pastor to say, look, uh, we need to expand. <laughs> we need to figure out better ways of doing this. I'm going to figure out better ways of doing this because it's a necessity. Me working with parents, me working with the congregation, pastors yeah. got to get on board. Yes. And sometimes pastors don't know that these, the yes, there's statistics, but they are born out in practice. They are born right. out in the reality of the church we are living in right now mm. and the day we are living in. And so I just want to encourage you, download that just as a tool for yourself, but also as a way to communicate with your pastor that you understand, uh, you understand the necessity to expand these arenas and to be able to uh, run in these arenas so that you can build a youth ministry that makes disciples, a lifetime of disciples and not just youth group time disciples, because that's right. the, that's the whole goal, isn't it, Dr. Odom? That's right. Definitely. Definitely. Well, uh, well, tell us, uh, tell the folks here a little bit about where they can find you. If they want to follow up maybe with some questions or uh, they just want to say hi and say great interview, just say, where, where can people uh, get a hold of you? Well, definitely. Uh, I'm on social media and uh, I know you saw uh, the, the Twitter post. And so you can find me uh, at David Odom uh, on, on uh, Instagram and over on Facebook, of course, and Twitter. Um, but then also my email. I think maybe you can pl place my email there in the show notes as well. It's dodom at nobts.edu. And uh, I'd love to answer any questions, uh, connect with you in uh, any way try to uh, provide any resources that uh, that could help uh, in any way I can. Love to do that. Uh, well, thank you, Dr. Odom. I appreciate your time. I will say this. I do close our, our show and I want to give this, I'm going to give this away to you because I feel like you would do a good job at this uh, is that I tell youth workers, there's a lot of youth workers that haven't been told lately that they're doing a good job. Hmm. They're, just, they're, they're just working. They're grinding, they're hustling, hmm. they're doing everything they can do. Would you offer a, encouraging word to those youth workers who maybe have not heard lately that they're doing a good job? Definitely. I, I think, you know, one of the things that, uh, that when I talk about the research, and I talk about the things that are going on, I, I typically say that traditional youth ministry is not enough to build lifelong faith, the way youth ministry has been practiced in the past. But what I always want to come back to is that even though I'm advocating an expanding view of ministry and saying that, that it's not enough, um, I believe you as a youth worker are more than enough. I, I believe that you are just what 
uh, your church needs. God has placed you there for a reason and for a purpose. And maybe you've experienced uh, disappointment and struggle and, and uh, difficulty, but, but you are just what your church needs, and uh, you can lean into that. Dr. Odom could not end it better than that. So, Dr. Odom, thank you again for being on the podcast today, and uh, I wish your, your students well uh, during test time. <laughs> right. Thank you so much. Wasn't that a great interview. Wasn't that just an awesome interview with Dr. Odom? I hope that you appreciate it. And I hope that you reach out to him in, in all the uh, social media formats or email him and say, hey, Dr. Odom, great job. Thank you for the work that you're doing in youth ministry to train up the next generation of youth leaders. And I appreciate his thoughts towards you. So I'm going to leave you with his thoughts uh, versus making my own. I think he made it very clear that you are enough. You are enough for your church and you are enough for your youth ministry. And I hope that encourages you. And if you'll do me one last favor, if you have not left a review yet over on iTunes, I would love for you to take time to do that. Give it some stars, give it a review. It helps the podcast get found. If you have found any value in the interviews or the episodes that I have done, please go over there now and just leave a review and say, hey, listen to Paul. He loves you. He cares for youth workers and he really wants to see you do well in your calling and your craft of youth ministry. So until next time, guys, have a great week and I'll catch you guys in the next episode.